And uh, man, what an awesome um, time we've been having talking about the kingdom. And I, I want to bring this to a conclusion for this part uh, on today. And in February, we're going to be talking about uh, relationships. So you don't want to miss that, building healthy relationships, which is really, really, really important. Amen? But we're going to be talking about the keys of the, the kingdom. And uh, we looked at this scripture in Psalms 115, verse 16, where it says, The heavens belong to the Lord, but, the, but he has given the earth to all mankind. Right? So that's an important scripture. The, earth, the heavens belong to God, but the earth has he given to man. Why is that important? Because we have been trained and, thought and taught that we spend our whole Christian walk trying to get to heaven. <laughs> right? Our whole Christian walk is about, I'm on my way to heaven. We got songs about on our way to heaven, right? And God's saying, hey, the heavens belong to me. The earth belongs to you, right? So your assignment is here on the earth. My assignment is in the heaven. God is not trying to come to earth, <laughs> right? No scripture in him talking about he can't wait to get here. <laughs> Doesn't exist, right? But yet we, we trying to get to where he is. He said, hey, I've given you the earth to control and have dominion. Somebody say dominion. Dominion. So it, it is a paradigm shift in your thinking, right? To think that, yeah, you're here. Oh, you mean I'm stuck here? Yeah, you're stuck here. Yeah, right? <laughs> because he has a work and an assignment for you to do. Amen. And when you understand it in the proper context of your assignment, you are excited to be stuck here. I'm glad I'm stuck here with Rob. You know, that's a great thing. You know, I'm stuck here <laughs> with Rob to do kingdom work. Amen. Because there's great things happening. So what? The, ever, the heavens belong to the Lord. But the earth has he given unto mankind. Somebody said the earth belongs to me. Come on, say it. The earth belongs to me. Amen. So we give us some keys to the kingdom. Let's look at Matthew chapter 16, uh, verse number uh, 15 through 19. Then he asked them, uh, who do you think I am? Now, we all, we've been reading the bottom part of the scripture, but last week we, we did a little, a little intro to this part of the, uh, the earlier part of the scripture. He's talking to Simon Peter. Simon Peter answered, uh, the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God. Now, prior to this, there was a conversation where he would say, who do men think I am? Some think you're Elias. Some think you're this. Some think you're that. And then Jesus just stopped and asked him, well, who do you say that I am? I know what people say. People always got something to say. Come on. People always got their opinion, but Jesus said, who do you say that I am? He said, uh, you are the Christ, this is important, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. God has blessed you, Simon. This is Jesus' response to what he says. Look at this. God has blessed you, Simon, son of Jonah. Jesus said, for my Father in heaven has personally revealed this to you. That's awesome. Personally, God took the responsibility to personally reveal who Jesus was to Peter. This is not from any human source. So if you are saved today, what a blessing to be saved because God took the time to put that revelation in your heart on who Jesus is. That's an awesome thing, right? He says in verse number 18, you are Peter, a stone, and upon this rock I will build my church. And we looked at the difference between stone and rock last week. Peter was the Petro, and the rock is the Petros. He says, and when you look at it in the original context, it says, Peter, you are a pebble. You are a pebble. But upon the revelation of people understanding who I am, that will become a rock that my church will be built upon, that no gates of hell shall be able to come against it. That's a big different story. Because we've always heard, Peter, upon this rock, we shall build my church. Peter is the rock the church can be built on. And people have built religions based upon that. Right? In proper context, in proper interpretation. He says, Peter, you're just a pebble. 
But when a bunch of the pebbles come together, you form a rock. When a bunch of kingdom people come together, there's a rock that forms. And guess what? Nothing will be able to come against that rock. Man, that's better than y'all saying amen. Right? Nothing will be able to stop that rock. So the church collectively is unstoppable. That's why the enemy fights so much. And my wife and I were talking this morning. We were talking about some other stuff in ministry. A friend of mine that called me this morning. Uh, I was a little late getting here because he was giving me a word from the Lord. And it was a blessed word. And I said, man, I says, you know, tell me how uh, uh, some other churches are growing. And she said to me, she says, not every church is a kingdom church. She said, so your warfare is going to be different from another church's warfare. And that, I was going to let her preach today because I just blessed my soul. Right? And she said, some, some churches are just about filling up people. She said, but you want to change lives. So your warfare is not going to be somebody else's warfare. And that brought such a peace to me because I said, I'm not going to change the assignment that God has given Ruach City Church, come on, to be a rock in the city of Philadelphia. I wish I had an amen, somebody. To be a rock in the city of Philadelphia. We will never stop with the mission of changing lives and impacting a city. So the enemy does not mind us coming together as long as we don't talk about change. Come on. He don't mind us having church as long as we don't talk about impacting the city. And we don't talk about lowering the crime rate. And we don't talk about praying against the opioid problem. Man, he don't mind us coming together. Oh, that was a good word, Pastor. I'm going to go. I'll see you next week. No, no, no. But when you come in, we, we, want, we want warfare prayers. Come on. We, we want, we getting up in the morning at 6 o'clock to come against the principalities of darkness of the city. Why? Because we want change. Because we realize as a rock, we are unstoppable. As great as Peter was, Peter was just a pebble. As strong as I may seem to you, I'm just a pebble. I need you as a pebble. I need you as a pebble. We got to come together to form a rock. Come on, somebody. Jesus becomes that rock, and that rock is formed based on the revelation of who Jesus is. Somebody say, I've received that. that. Look at this next quote. It says here, uh, man, and I told you this last week, man did not fall from heaven, right? He fell from where? Dominion. Man did not fall from heaven. He fell from dominion. So God came to restore you through Christ to a place of what? Dominion. Now, ask yourself, and I'm almost there, are you living a life of dominion? Do you feel like you are living a life of dominion? If not, we got to get you there. Where you are living a life of dominion, not just living. Some of you feel like something else has dominion over you, and you don't have dominion over your environment. Jesus always showed up, and when he showed up, he took dominion. The wind wouldn't act right. He took dominion. Come on. Demons were acting up. He took dominion. Are you hearing me? Everything was acting great. He walks in. The tree wasn't doing it. It was designed to do by bringing fruit. He took dominion. So man did not fall from heaven. Man fell from what? Dominion. So God came to restore you back to dominion. Come on. This is good. Your dominion, power, and authority. Look at this next statement real quickly. He says, so watch this, uh, and we said this last week and week before, you cannot rule what you have not measured. You cannot rule what you have not measured. So when we talk about dominion, dominion, part of dominion is knowing your measure of rule. What territory has God called you to rule? And I hope that question just irritates you for the next couple of weeks until you get an answer. I want that to bother you because I don't want just uh, uh, seat warmers in RCC. I want dominion-minded people. 
Come on, somebody. I want people to say, Pastor, I know God has called me to do X, Y, Z. I have measured that territory. I know what he's called me to do. I know my assignment. Could you imagine if everybody in here measured their territory? <sighs> Instead of just kind of winging it through life? Come on. I don't want you. If you got breath in your body, you got an assignment. Or can I say that again? If you got breath in your body, you have an assignment. My grandfather used to say, you got to give God a reason to keep you around another day. Right? And I don't want nobody else doing my assignment. I want to make sure that I'm on my game. Come on, somebody. Because what? Because I understand that my measure of territory. You got to measure my so You got to measure it. So I want you to make, if this is going to be the best year ever, then you got to know what God has called you to do. Right? Dominion. Somebody say dominion. dominion. I want you to think dominion. At work, when your boss is acting like a nut, think Dominion. dominion. <laughs> When they acting up, think dominion. Come on, somebody. When the atmosphere is rough, think dominion. Right? I've, I've gone into some serious meetings, and I have gone into the bathroom and had a prayer revival. Yes, I'm telling you the God on the church. I've had prayer revival in the bathroom before I walked into some of these meetings. And I took authority in the name of Jesus over every atmosphere, every mind, every uh, a spirit of harassment. I bring you subject to my kingdom authority. Yes. And I walked in and had a great meeting. Because I understood I had dominion. Come on, somebody. So this is not just about church. This is about you living this thing out. Look at this next script, this next uh, statement real quick. The next statement, Uriah. Uh, go back, go back. Right there, yep. Uh, oh, next one, I'm sorry. Next scripture. My apologies. Uh, Matthew 4 and 17, it says this, from the time that Jesus began to preach and say repent, right? it says repent, change your inner self. Your old way of thinking. So write this down if you're taking notes or take a picture. That repenting is not just about giving your life to Christ. Repenting is about having a different mindset. So you have people who will say the prayer but don't have this different mindset. So they're living and getting the same results. So this word comes to change your mindset. This word comes to help you think like a kingdom person thinks. This word comes to challenge your current thinking, right? How your mom and your dad brought you up was a whole different ballgame than what this word says to do, right? Your mother and father says somebody hit you, you knock them out. That's not what the kingdom says to do, right? They don't like you, you don't like them. That's not kingdom living. That's not dominion, right? Love those who hate you. Bless those who despitefully use you. Oh, come on, come on. This is good stuff here, right? That's, a, that's all because what, where you from, that's how they do it. That's your culture. Your culture is the kingdom. We love those who despite for us in the kingdom. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, my mic is coming off. All right. So, so, so he said this. He said, watch this. We almost did repent, change your mindset, your old way of thinking. We all had an old way. Had I'm, saying, I'm trying to say had. I'm speaking faith. We all had an old way of thinking. He said, but the word gives you what? The new way of thinking. Come on, regret past sins, live your life in a way that proves repentance. Watch this, you can't just say repentance, that is the beginning and the entry point, but at some point your life ought to match up with your new mindsets. Ah, oh, come on somebody. Your life ought to match up with your new mindset. So what, you've heard me say, you know, some people they saved and I ask people, are you saved, saved? You know, that, that's my, I have to say it twice. Are you, everybody think they saved. Right? But I asked you, I said, but, but no, but are you saved, saved? Like, are you really, really saved? <laughs> yeah, 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 come on, sanctify, come on. Because some people say they saved while they puffing and doing everything. I know, are you saved, saved? Like, are you, you know, ha has your mindset changed 
to where your actions look like your thought process. Gosh. Right? Your thinking, your behavior can't change until you repent, until you change your thinking. So receiving Christ as Lord says, hey, I got a new, I got a new behavior. I got a new example. I got a new way of living. He says this, watch this, that proves repentance. Seek God's purpose for your life, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. God has a purpose. Somebody say, God has a purpose for my life. Come on, do y'all believe it? God has a purpose. Come on, come on. You got to say it. Do you believe it? God has a purpose for my life. God has a purpose for my life. I am not here just to be here. But, Carol, God has a purpose for your life. That's why you ought to wake up energized because God has a purpose for your life. When my friend called me this morning and gave me that word, I said, God, thank you for confirming that you still have a purpose for my life. Right? Because God cares and the hairs on your head are numbered. Look at this scripture, this next scripture real quickly in Genesis 1 and 26, the mandate. Then I'm going to give you five things that we're going to pray. He says, then God said, let us make a man someone like ourselves. Man, that's good stuff. You don't know how special you are. The angels told God, who is man that you are so mindful of him? Who is man that you're so mindful of and that you put so much time in making sure that he was right? He says, uh, uh, someone like ourselves to be the master of what? All life. So God did not create you to be mastered. He created you to master life. Can I say that again? God did not create you to be mastered by life, right? But he created you to master life. So we allow circumstances to master us, and they shape us, and they mold us, and I'm just this way, and that's how I was brought up. Well, that's not the right way. (laughs) I was brought up that way. You don't understand what I, I, I get it. We all have that thing, but you can't let that master you. You have to, through Christ, master life. So you have to unlearn some things. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on. I'm almost done. Talk to me. You got to unlearn some things. Some of us have things we got to unlearn. We got to get a a new mindset. We got to repent, change our mindset. And here it is. It's really not that hard. It's all here in the book. The book tells you how to think. The book tells you how to act. The book tells you what to do, right? And get away from people who want to, who can only identify you with your old mindsets. Because people will be intimidated with a new mindsets. You got to do what you got to do in order to change that mindset. Look at the scripture. I mean, next, the things. So I want to look at real quickly the fivefold purpose of the church. And we're going to close with this. The fivefold purpose of the church. And this is going to rock your world a little bit because I know you think we come to have church. <laughs> I'm coming to have church today. I'm going <laughs> to. Let's talk. <laughs> Let's talk about the fivefold purpose of the church. Because so many people all over America, they, they got their best suits on. They decked out to go have church. <laughs> right? Yeah, they get their Sunday clothes on. They ready to have church. And listen, nothing wrong with looking sharp, man. If I didn't have to move equipment, I'd be having my suit on too. <laughs> I don't want to dress because I want to dress because I don't feel like getting my suit dirty while I'm lifting up speakers. <laughs> That's why I got a sheet T-shirt and jeans on. All right, so now we got past that. Look at it. So... Let's look, and this is going to change your life because it changed mine. Five. <laughs> uh, you can laugh at church. I know you didn't know that, but you can. The five-fold purpose of the church. Number one. Go to the next slide. You're right. Thank you so much. Uh, to be God's agency on the earth. So the church is to be God's what? Agency on the earth. 
That means what? That the church is responsible to do God's business on the earth. That's good. The question is, are you doing God's business? <laughs> or are you doing your business? Ah, uh, I don't hit you, that won't help you. Right? Are you doing God's business or are you doing your business? There is nothing. I, I, think, I, I think I'm almost at that point where there's nothing. I was like, God, I moved from New York all the way to Philly because you told me to when no promises, no nothing. Just, just me, my kids, my wife, and Pastor Rick just relocated. I says, God, I, I think I'm proving that there's nothing I wouldn't do. Right? Because I believe that the church is God's agency on the earth. This is what God has set in order to do his bidding. So when you are part of the church, you are part of the assignment that God has for the earth. Does that make sense to you? When you are part of the church, you are part. That's why be bold about being part of the church. Be excited. Don't be ashamed. You're a Christian. I'm saved. No. It's a great thing to have Christ in your life. Come on. It's a good thing to be a part of the church. Come on. Be bold about who you are. Number two, the church is not for heaven, but for the earth. Oh, my God. The church is not for heaven, but it is for the earth. Right? The church is not for heaven, but it is for the earth. We having church down here from the presence of God does not make heaven any better. It makes the earth better. That makes sense to you. Right? The church was put together as an institution, the agency of God on the earth in order to bring change. Man messed up in the book of Genesis. Sin came into the world. Right? Jesus Christ came back to redeem man unto himself, right? To give them back the dominion they lost. And the church is the institution, the rock that God put together to come against every other kingdom in the earth. Because there are a lot of kingdoms set up in the earth. Come on, there's a lot of kingdoms out there, but there's only one true kingdom. God, come on here. The kingdom of God is the only one true kingdom. So what? The, he the church is not for heaven. The church is for earth. Embassies and other countries, gosh, are not about that country if there's an embassy, the, the U.S. embassy, now you notice, now regardless what your political thing is, hear my concept before y'all get all deep, all right? Uh, uh, when the embassy got attacked overseas, right, America retaliated, right? If you attack an embassy in any country, it's like attacking that country. That's the power of the embassy. So if there is an attack on the church, God says, then you're trying to attack heaven. God, I wish I had some help here. So what? He, that's why he says, hey, whatever you bind on earth, I'm going to bind it in heaven. Come on, somebody. Whatever you loose on earth, I'm going to loose it in heaven. Why? Because an attack against the church is an attack against me. You ought to be proud to be a part of the church because you got all of heaven backing you up as the church. When you say in the name of Jesus, man, all of heaven gets excited. That's why when they came to get Jesus, heaven out of the garden against cinnamon, he says, don't think that I can't call a legion of angels. And they come down and rescue me. Why? Because if you're coming against one of God's children, you're coming against heaven. You ought to be proud to be a part of the church. The enemy's a fool to mess with anybody that's in the church. Especially somebody in the church doing the church's assignment. The church is not for heaven. The church is for the earth. Number three. The church is not to establish a religion, 
but a what? Governing influence in the earth and in nations. This is a big one. Right? So Christianity is not a religion. Right? Knowing Christ is about a relationship. Amen, Richie. That's why he praising God. Leave him. Right? Right? It's about a relationship, not a religion. Right? Don't get caught up in a religion. Religion says I go to church on Sundays, and when I get home, I put my salvation to the left, to the right, <laughs> and I'm done. Right? And I pick it back up when it's time to go to church. That's a religion. Our relationship is 24 hours, seven days a week. <sighs> right? It's not about just coming on Sundays. Man, if I can get people out of the Sunday mindset, my goodness, could you imagine what Ruach can be? If you say, I got to be just as fervent about my walk with God on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, as I am on Sundays, what a change. Why? Because you are to be a governing influence. Remember, you are to be the measure. You are to be the ruler in the earth, right? A ruler is designed to measure. So if you are a ruler, God says, hey, you are my measure. You are my governing influence in the earth. So we ought to be involved in every aspect, not just church. We ought to be involved in government. We ought to be involved in education. Come on. We ought to be involved in entertainment. There, we ought, there is the family structure ought to be everything ought to be according to where our government says, not what this government says. So you can't let the world influence your thought process. If you are, then you are reading the wrong articles. You got to go back to reading the article of our governments. Come on, somebody. And this tells you what you're supposed to be doing. But how should I act? I'm not from here. Great. This tells you what you should be doing. Come on, somebody. I don't know how to handle this situation. I'm not from here. Great. The Bible tells you how to handle that situation. There's nothing in this book from Genesis to Revelation that you cannot find on how to handle yourself as a kingdom representative in the earth. From business to being a mother, a father, a husband, a wife, a son, a daughter, anything. Everything is in this book. But we just want to look everywhere outside the book. <laughs> Stop looking outside the book and look in the book. And the book will give you all the answers you need. Somebody say amen. amen. So watch this. The church is not to establish a religion, but the church is a governing influence in the earth and nations. 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 Uh, number four, the church is, here it is, this is my favorite one, the training program to teach fallen kings how to reign again. Oh, I can shout on that one. If I had men, I tell you, I can run. That one hit my belly when I, when I, when I put that down, Rob. It's just, the, the, the church is, watch it, it is a training. So when you come to church, I know you want to run, jump, and shout, but you need to be trained. The church is here to train people. What? Uh, to teach fallen kings Remember, man didn't fall from heaven. He fell from dominion, right? The church is to teach fallen kings how to reign again. Because you don't remember how to reign. Come on, somebody. You don't remember how to have authority. So what? When you come into Christ, there's the God consciousness that puts you in remembrance of who you are. It's the God consciousness that says, hey, you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are rich and not poor. You are healed and not sick. What? That is a retraining of the minds. Teaching you how to reign again. So you can't miss class. (laughs) 
Stop missing class. And you can't, listen, you can't miss class and think you're going to just, oh, I'm good. No, you're not good. The church is the training ground to teach fallen kings how to reign again. So the enemy, if anything, he don't want you to come to church. Oversleep, something else come up, this come up, that come up, anything other than getting your kingship back. Because if you get your kingship back, you start reigning again, he's in trouble. <laughs> you start reigning again, he's in trouble. Come on. If you start getting that, you start realizing who you are in Christ, he's in trouble. You get that authority and realize, hey, <laughs> he's in trouble. We were, my wife and I'm going to give you the last one in a minute. We were watching something last night, uh, a documentary on a gentleman. What's his name, honey? Dave. Dave has like eight, eight nine degrees. He has a, a law degree from Harvard Law. He has a medical degree from uh, Columbia. He has a bio something degree, bioengineering degree from NYU. He had, this is no joke. This guy is the most, they say he is the, one of the most intelligent men on the planet. His degrees are just out from Brown University, and he was doing these degrees sometimes at the same time in different schools. Right? Yeah, genius level, genius level, right? But, but what he has... His understanding is in a whole different stratosphere than needless to say. But his ability to understand the, the pitfalls and the challenges of something is absent in him. So what they have diagnosed him with, he doesn't have, so in other words, he doesn't, if you say, hey, Dave, uh, you want to go get your medical degree at, uh, at, at Columbia University, he doesn't understand that all the complications that can come with doing that. His, his, his disorder makes him absent of the complication of any challenge. I'm, 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 trying, to, I'm, trying, I'm trying to really like, just break this down. Uh, 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 could you imagine if you feared and you never looked at the complications? Because the enemy always likes to show you what could happen, the bad things. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. He's always telling me, well, you know, if you do that, you know, they may say this. If you go out there and do that, you may get jacked up. If you do that, you, you, you don't have a net to fall on. He, he's a pro at doing, giving you false truths. Right? Yeah, 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 all those things can happen. But, but Dave, he doesn't have the ability to register in his mind potential faults or failures. He just knows that when he sees something, he just does it. And I said, that's the perfect definition of faith. Faith does not look at, come on, I wish I had to, come on. Faith does not look at the obstacle. Faith does not care how challenging it is. Come on, somebody. Faith does not care how insurmountable it looks. Faith says, God said it, I'm going to do it. God said it, I'm going to, come on, somebody. God said, I'm blessed, then I'm blessed. God said, I'm the head, then I'm the head. Faith does not care what the doctor's report says. God said, I'm healed, then guess what? I'm healed. Man, what if, what if we had that, that faith, true faith? I said, man, I wish I had that illness. <laughs> you know, the, the, the inability, the inability to see danger in any assignment. So whatever he puts his hands to, he never sees the possibility of failure. It's not that he's not, it's not that he's positively thinking. His, his, the way his brain works, it, it, it just doesn't register. And I says, that's how a kingdom person ought to be. 
God says you can start a business, failure doesn't register. Oh, come on, somebody. God told us to come to Philly and start a church. Failure can't register. I just got to be obedient to what God said to do. Come on, somebody. And there's things that God's going to challenge you to do. You just got to be obedient to what God calls you to do. Don't let failure register in your spirit. I'm talking to somebody here today. Don't let failure register in your spirits. For greater is he that is in me. Come on, somebody. Then he that is in the world, greater is he. The greater one lives on the inside. Oh, I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen today, I'm telling you. My goodness, I'm preaching to myself, Jesus. Last one, number five. Last one, and we done. Watch this. The church is designated to equip the believer to rule in their area of gifting. That's what the grow track is about. Right? After you go through it, we got to get you connected to your area of gifting. We do gifting tests so you can know what you're gifted in, and we want to get you connected as fast as possible. But watch this. Once you discover it, the question is, what do you do with it? Right? What do you do with what is discovered? Right? The church helps and equips the believer to, watch this, not just work in an area of gifting, to rule, <laughs> to become the new measure Come on, help me, somebody. Help me preach. And your area of gifting. Watch this. It starts here, but it spills out there. Come on, somebody. Come on. It starts here, but it spills out there. The disciples hung out with Jesus, right? That's the coolest dude in the world to hang out with. I mean, who would want to hang out with Jesus? Jesus is hanging out. And here it is. Jesus says, hey, I know you're in my world but watch this. I know your area. They never stopped fishing. He says, hey, I'm going to help you rule in your area of gifting as fishermen. So now that you're in my world, it's my turn to step into your world. God. Once you step into his world, he turns around and steps into your world to make you a ruler in your area of gifting. So where they were just average fishermen, when Jesus stepped into their, into, their, into their world, made them rulers in the area of gifting, now what? They became industry leaders. How do you know that, Pastor? Because he had caught so much fish, he had to call all the other boats to come in and help him. That's called an industry leader. They became leaders and not just fishermen or followers. God does not want you to be just a fisherman or follower. He wants you to be a leader in your industry. He wants you to be the measure of rule. Are y'all hearing this here today? I know this is a lot. Some of y'all say, Pastor, I just want to get money to get my meal today. No, no, no. Come on, stretch your mind. Repent, repent, repent. Stretch your thinking. I'm just believing God for my brand new two-bedroom house. That's all, Pastor. That's all I want. You believe in God for a house, and God trying to give you a whole development. Come on, you, 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 you got to stretch your thinking. You know, it's funny, I, I remember hearing John Maxwell tell the story of the man uh, uh, who, who had went over, he had met a prince, and I'm done. He had met a prince, and the prince was so impressed with this guy. Pastor Rick, I'm so glad you're here. I feel, I feel it. This prince, was so, this prince was so influenced by what he did that he said, hey, man, you know, whatever you need, I, 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 I want to I help you out. So the guy said, you know, I'm an avid golfer. You know, if you can get me a golf club, that'd be great. 
Awesome. He said, I'm going to give you some golf clubs. Awesome. So he goes back. He's waiting. He's waiting. He's waiting. Uh, and he's looking. He's looking. He's saying, you know, man, this, this is the prince. He couldn't just get me a nice golf club. He, he knew the brand that he wanted everything. You play golf. You know, he's got his thing going on. There. He's just ready to, to do his golf thing. And, and, and three, four weeks go by. And finally, a letter comes in the mail. And he opened up the letter. And he saw the deed to a golf club. He's thinking a golf club. And the prince is thinking a golf club. Oh, come on, come on. See, watch this. See, I, I, I'm preaching. Y'all thinking, of, oh, pastor, I just want a golf club. And I'm trying to get y'all a golf club. Come on, king, kingdom people need golf clubs. Y'all, 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 y'all did that long enough. Come on, y'all did that long enough. God says, I, I'm giving you territory. Come on, somebody, receive that. I'm giving you industries. Come on, somebody, receive that. I'm making you leaders of business. Come on, somebody receive that. I'm making you rulers in your area of gifting. I'm trying to give you a golf club. Y'all just, I just want a golf club. <laughs> Different level of thinking. Stretch your thinking. Pull your thinking. Come on, Rurak. Come, we can do this. Can we, can, can we, can we change our thinking? Can we? Watch this. Give these last keys. Give right. Go to the next slide for me. And we're done. Go to the next one. I'll come back to that another day. Special ability to do certain things best. So my job is to train you. I'm gonna come back to this uh, probably another day. Yeah. How do we spread the kingdom? Watch this. Here's this important slide. Acts one and eight says, "But you receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses." Right? Witnesses of this awesome lifestyle. Telling people about me everywhere. <laughs> oh, man, that's good stuff. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and Samaria, and on the most parts of the earth. Could it have, Uriah? Uh, here it is. H- here's the three, the three rings, right? He says, in Jerusalem, that means your home. You can't be a witness to anywhere before you're a witness to your home. The kingdom first starts in your home. Judea, your community. Samaria, your city. And then he says, to the uttermost parts of the world. How, how do we spread the kingdom? First, you got to be, you got to represent the kingdom in your home. My children don't see one Andre in-house and another Andre and Rachel outside the house. When you come over to our house, we are the merged Andre and Rachel. <laughs> it is the same. We believe God just as hard at home as we do here. Come on. I told them the other day, I said, we're going to have Bible study. And I was so excited about doing our family Bible Levi said, ah, you're so excited about Bible study. I said, yes. I'm ecstatic about our Bible study, right? Why? Because I understand that kingdom starts in your home. (laughs) Some people, if I go to your house today, does your house represent the kingdom? And a hush fell over the crowd. (laughs) Is it clean like the kingdom? Is the environment like the kingdom? What's going on in there? Does it look like the kingdom? Does Jerusalem look like the kingdom? Certain things I can't play in my house because it's the kingdom. Certain things I would love to see, movies I would love to see. I want to see Wolf of Wall Street. When I heard what was in it, I couldn't see it. Right? I can't. Me. That's me. I'm not beating nobody else up. That's me. Right? I, I, I have, you have to, as you grow in God, you got to draw some lines. There's people that may hang out with you. You want to hang out with them, but it's like, I can't. My boss was in town last week, went out to eat. He was like, hey, I'm going with somebody else to grab a cigar. You want to come? No, I'm going home. 
I can't. I can't roll with you like that because I'm from another place. Come on, come on, somebody. I'm from another place. Where I'm from, we don't do that. <laughs> right? It's all good. It's no problem. Right? But you got to know. Right? Judea, your community, what are you doing in the community, right, that allows you to exemplify and represent the kingdom and then your city? Your community is your immediate area where you live and then the city of Philadelphia, the city where you are in your assignment. Right? Close your Bibles. I want you to stand to your feet. I think I loaded you enough today. Uh, uh, <laughs> man, I'm so full. I'm, I, I have so much I can just keep pouring out. But, but why... <laughs> But, but watch, I'm trying to, I, I got to get you out of the, the club thinking and get you into the club thinking. If I can expand your mindset, expand your thinking, you're trying to buy a condo and God trying to give you a building. Come on, somebody. Come on, come on, come on. Come on. God's trying to expand you. Expand. And I pray today that God expand your mind, expand your thinking. That elevate your thought process. Because guess what? When you get elevated, you'll be running through those doors. Because this is the training ground to retrain fallen kings on how to reign again. You'll be running through those doors. It won't be like, okay, I'm going to church, God. Okay. That's how some of y'all walk in. Like, I'm just being, the Holy Ghost dragging me to church. See, because you don't, you don't get it. You don't understand. You don't understand. This is not just church. This is a training ground. He's training you kings and queens on how to reign again. How to have authority. How to be rulers. How to be, oh, come on, have the standard and the measure rule. You can't eat from a thousand different tables. You got to eat from the king's table. So I want you today, as Rob just sings this one more time, and you know, you fight your battles not with these. You used to. You used to fight them with these. You used to fight it with this. Going off with somebody. Somebody cut you off, but that tongue was sharp. You don't fight like that no more. Come on. That's how you fight no more. Know how your new, your new battle is? <laughs> man I had a rough day but God you're so good God you're so worthy I just want to say that my heart belongs to you that's how you fight your battles and when you worship God guess what God always backs up his church God backs up his church he needs you to be a part of the rock that hell will not be able to break you are unbreakable Oh, can I say that again? You are unbreakable. Why? Because you're a part of a bigger rock. You're unbreakable, heaven. You can't be broken. You're unbreakable. The enemy can't break you. Come on, he can't break you. These days, I got to walk through my day having a rough day. Andre, you're unbreakable. You are part of the church. You are unbreakable. Gail, we are unbreakable. Remember who you are. Remember whose you are. You are a king being trained for reigning. And as your pastor, I'm not going to stop until you reign. <laughs> and watch that. I'm not talking about your heavenly reigning. 
the crowns in heaven. I'm talking about until you reign here on earth. Come on. Until you get everything that God promised you. Until you become everybody that God promised you to be. Until you get total healing in your body and your family gets delivered and everything lines up. I'm not going to stop until you start to reign. So let's take a couple of minutes. Let's fight some battles. We worship, and while we're worshiping, angels are fighting for us. Matter of fact, he said, hey, remind them that the battle is not theirs. Uh, the battle belongs to the Lord. 